0: I have a little different message for you, that I believe I hear the heart of the Lord for this moment, and so uh, today I want to share with you out of Genesis chapter 2 in verse number 7, Genesis 2 and verse number 7, it says there, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul or living being. Amen. Amen? I want to talk to you today about bouncing back. Bouncing back. I'm believing that when we leave here today, there's some people going to get their bounce back. God's going to help some people today to get for real, get their bounce back. Here in this scripture, we see in the Hebrew, the the word breathe here in Hebrew literally means to inflate or to blow hard. And so the first thing that the Lord said that He formed us from the dust of the ground and then He inflated us. And then He said He breathed breath. Hebrew word for breath here means a puff that is wind, strong, vital breath. That breath of inspiration, of spirit, and of soul. And so in the very beginning, when God created man, he formed him from the dust of the earth. He formed him from what he had already spoken into existence. But there was no life. There was no breath. They were He was not inflated. So God inflated man with what was already inside of himself. He took from himself and he blew breath, which brought inspiration to the soul and the spirit. God gave Adam everything that he needed in himself and in the garden to enjoy life forever. Man was never created to die. Man was created to live and to have fellowship forever. Everything was under Adam's authority. Everything was, there was nothing on the earth equal to Adam. Everything obeyed his voice. Everything was under his dominion. And Adam and Eve had total rule over this whole earth. There was nothing that did not respond to the voice of Adam. But we look and we see that it was because that God gave authority, delegated authority to mankind. He gave that authority to Adam. And so that's the reason when Jesus came to bring healing to broken humanity he came in the form of a man he came in flesh because he had already given delegated legal authority in the earth to mankind so he couldn't show up here as an angel he couldn't show up here as the son of god without being wrapped in flesh And so he came into into Mary's womb and came out, Emmanuel, God with us, in man form and fashion so that he would have delegated authority here in the earth. And we have to understand today that whenever God gave Adam that authority, he he gave him authority to rule and to reign everything that was here. There would be nothing that Adam would ever have to deal with that God had not already given him authority over. But you see, they, they, they had it so good. They had everything that they needed, everything that they would ever want. They had, and God's breath was inside of them. And as long as they had God's breath on the inside of them, they could rule and they could reign with authority. But it didn't take long for the enemy to show up and deflate them. It didn't take long for the enemy to figure out if I can get that breath out of them. If I can get that that which God has placed in them, out of them, take their breath, take their wind, get the life of God out of them, then I can be able to defeat them. In Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says that they ate of the tree that God said don't eat from. And then the blame game starts. And in verse 13, we see that Eve tells God that it's the serpent's fault right and so the the god puts a curse on the serpent and says you shall uh, crawl on your belly for all the days of your life and then he says something interesting you shall eat dust all the days of your life now he is cursed with this curse of being on his belly, but also he shall eat the dust all the days of his life. My question is, what did God make man from? Dust, your flesh. And so now we see the enemy is preying on your flesh. The enemy is after your flesh. He's wanting to eat and he's wanting to prey on your flesh. Because if you're inflated, your spirit man is where it needs to be. He can't touch that. But the only thing he can get to is your flesh. And if he can get you acting up in your flesh, come on somebody. If he can get you doing, acting out of your flesh instead of acting out of your spirit, then he can get you deflated. Amen. But here we see the first deflation of man. God moved quickly to reinflate them. In Genesis 3 and 21, the Bible said that God made a tunicate of skin. And so there was an animal that lost its life. There was blood that was shed so that there could be a recovering of man. But the problem was, is this was a shadow and a type. It was a picture of a blood covenant. But the problem was it only covered their sins. It did not do away with their sins. But now today we have the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that precious blood does not just cover our sins, but washes our sins away. Glory to God. And so we're thankful today for the blood of Jesus Christ. But we have to understand there are some things that never change. And just like in Adam's day, perhaps now more than ever before, we have, have a lot of things that can deflate us. As God's breath inside of us, we can do anything. But when we are deflated, we can do nothing. Show me somebody who is defeated in their spirit, and I'll show you somebody who will quit and give up over anything. But you show me somebody who has breath in them, life in their spirit, and I will show you somebody that can come over great obstacles, great turmoil, difficulty on every side even sometimes you look back over your life and don't even understand yourself how you made it through but you know that it is the goodness of God that has brought us through it is the breath of God the life of God it is not what we have done with our ability but what was inside of us that caused us to bounce back time after time because of the power that was working in Side of us amen but there is things in our life and there the enemy is coming against us and he has come to deflate us from that which God has placed in us the breath of God is what the enemy is after do we do we love God yes do we have the breath of God in us yes But then comes along the enemy, the dust eater, and he knows how he can get that power inside of you. If he can get to that, he can destroy you. So he begins to work on your flesh, your soul, and your mind. And begin to give you thoughts of defeat, thoughts of discouragement. Begin to work on your flesh that that you can't do a thing that you'll never make it out of this one. He will tell you you made it before, but, but this is worse than that. He will tell you that, that you're by yourself and you're all alone. But I want you to understand today that the enemy comes to deflate you. You can be in the midst of an atmosphere and a presence of God where that miracles can take place and walk out and get in your car and find the dust eater is right up in your car. He comes to discourage. He comes to steal to kill and destroy. But we've got to keep our mind fixed upon him. We've got to keep our minds amen subject to the will and the power and the presence of a living Christ because if we're not careful the enemy will take that life out of us and if the life is gone he can defeat us every time the enemy gives many opportunities to quit some of the things are not even the enemy it's just life I mean we give the devil a lot of credit and he ain't that bad But there are some things that life will just suck the life out of you, the God life out of you. And you have to be refilled. You have to be refueled. That's the reason I told first service, I said, this altar, we're going to break this spirit around here where this is a last resort. We're going to break this spirit around here where that you just come when you're in desperate, dire need. We're going to break this mindset that this place is just for the lost. All all through the word of God, they're building altars. All through the word of God, they're finding a place where they can run. Why? Because it's where we meet with God. It's the meeting place of man, right? It's not just about the lost. It's not just about the sinner, but it's about the believer that builds an altar. And so we we not not be ashamed. We I'd rather come to an altar and get in His presence and meet with Him. And you can go home and talk about me all you want, but I need to be inflated. I I need Him on the inside of me more than I need your opinion. I want you to like me, but if you don't like me, baby, you ain't able to bring me out of this know-how what I need is I need to be filled with his power his spirit his anointing and so I'm going to come and get in his presence where that I can be filled with the presence of a living Christ amen Amen. now I've brought a few examples with me today uh, sport examples I thought maybe most people could understand that the best got a softball we got a lot of softball christians i'm not sure why they call it a softball because if i hit you with it you wouldn't think it's that soft but it does have a little bit of give to it a little bit of give to it but but it don't have no bounce to it why doesn't have no bounce because it's hard And we have a lot of Christians that have been deflated as a result. And they have become like a softball. They've become hard. They've become bitter. They've become angry. They've become upset with church. They've become upset with people. They've become upset with God. And the life has gone out of them. They're hard and in their heart. And as a result of that, there's no bounce back. When they hit something difficult, there ain't no bounce back. Huh? No bounce. You can't play with that. Huh? There's no bounce to it. But why? Because it's too hard. And if you're not careful, the enemy will come to harden your heart, make you bitter, angry, hardened, so that when you deal with that situation, you can't go nowhere. Heard people say, I feel like I'm at a dead end. The reason they feel like they're at a dead end is because they don't have no life in them. They don't have any bounce to them because whenever you get to the end and you can hit the thing, then it's going to bounce back, amen? So here's, here's, is there any hope for somebody whose heart is hardened? Is there any hope for somebody who the breath, the life is gone and there is no longer any Uh, bounce back to them i submit to you today there's still hope for a man for a woman whose heart has become hardened what is it pastor the bible jeremiah said that god's word is like a hammer that crushes this ball has no bounce to it until it meets a resistance which is harder than what it is And whenever it meets a resistance that is harder than what it is, what had no bounce can begin to soar. Are you with me? And Jeremiah said God's word is a hammer that'll crush, it'll hit, right? And and so when this ball hits a bat, which is harder than it is, what has no bounce on this pulpit has the strength to cause it to soar some hundred two hundred, three hundred feet, whatever it is, because that it has met something that is greater than it is. I want to tell you today that there is nothing in your life that you will ever deal with or ever come up against that the word of God has not already got an answer for it. That he will be that strength. He will be that strong tower but he will be that mighty force that will cause that thing in your life that seems like it has brought you to a limit. It's brought you to a standstill. Whenever it hits that word it will propel you above the places of limitation the walls that have said this is as far as you can go but when you hit it with his word it will break down those barriers and cause you to soar where you've never been before and so I submit to you today if you've become hardened in your heart I'm not asking you what has caused it. I'm just saying, you know, that you are. Then get in his word, get in his word and let it break it down. Other Christians are basketball Christians. This basketball Christians, they're more dangerous than softball Christians. Because basketball Christians, uh, whenever you are dealing with a softball Christian, soft, when, you, when somebody's bitter, you know they're bitter. Huh? Y'all ain't going to help me none today. You lost that hour of sleep and act like God's dead. <laughs> I'm just glad you're here. Amen. But whenever somebody's bitter, you know they're bitter when they're angry you know they're angry when they when they when they've lost out in their life you know it huh but then you take the basketball christian and they can have great form it looks like everything's good they put the smile on how you doing i'm wonderful how how is everything it's great well all along there's nothing on the inside of them it has form. The Bible said in these last days, we got to be careful because we can take on the form of godliness, but have no power. This, this basketball suggests that it would be something that you could take in the gym and play with it, but it ain't got no air. It don't have no bounce. It don't have no life. And there's a lot of folks come to church every Sunday that ain't got no breath. A lot of people come to church every Sunday. How you doing? Wonderful blessed. Beat to death. Facing more hell than they are heaven. Huh? And we still got the form but we don't have no life. The strength is gone. Still looking good. Got our suits on. Got our dresses on. Looking nice. And you ought to. But it's not what's on the outside of a man. It's what's on the inside. And if there's no air, there's no life, there's no breath on the inside, then that which appears to be well is sick and if you don't have no breath on the inside of you how can you breathe into somebody else because God didn't breathe into us just to breathe into us he breathed into us so we can breathe into others You see, it is possible for you to look like you have the breath of God, but yet really you're deflated. There's no spiritual energy. The enemy is waiting for you just like he did Adam and Eve so that he has a chance to deflate you. The enemy is faithful to watch over your life and take advantage of every opportunity afforded to him. To take the breath of God out of you. The enemy is faithful to watch over you. And when you, he, you lose that job, he's right there. When you're going through that divorce, he's right there. When the children are acting crazy, he, he's right there. When bankruptcy comes, he, he, he's there taking advantage, pulling and extracting the life of God out of you. When, you, when it sees those health issues that come upon your life and he is there to, to blow after blow, little by little, to wear you down until he can get the bounce back out of you. To get that bounce out of your life so that you are not able when hard times come to be able to bounce back. Amen. And when we've been hit real hard, sometimes they call it knocking the breath out of you have you ever had the breath knocked out of you I remember playing football and the first time I ever got I had many times after that but the first time of getting the breath knocked out of me it scared me terribly because first of all I couldn't talk there was something wrong, but I couldn't tell nobody what was wrong because I couldn't get my breath. It felt like to me, I had exhausted what was in me, but I couldn't get nothing back into me. And fear gripped my heart because I thought as a young boy, I ain't never experienced nothing like this. And I'm about to check out. Amen. Amen. If you ain't never had the breath knocked out of you, you don't know what I'm talking about. But whenever you get in that place, you can't speak. Neither can you inhale. Amen. And I don't know what all's going on. I really don't want to know. Just don't want it to happen again. But listen to me. Uh, we happen to ha- that happens. The enemy comes with a blow. And when he hits us so hard, that devastating blow, it knocks out the ability for us to speak. The first thing he does is wants to take your praise and your worship. The first thing he wants to take is that voice that you give to God and worship and lift up and praise his name. But he also, when he gets you down, he wants to make sure what has been extracted from you, you do not inhale and take back in. And so if he can get you to where that you can't speak and where that you are not inhaling, the presence, the life, the Zoe life of God, he can keep you deflated to where you cannot bounce back from the situation that you're going through. But you see, I want to tell you today that God has already made a way for you. Just like he prepared a way for Adam and Eve and from Genesis chapter 2 to Genesis chapter 3, God already had a plan in place to bring them back into alignment and in covenant with him where that he could breathe life into them. And so God in his infinite wisdom has already prepared a way for us to get our breath back, our bounce back before the foundations of the world. He set it up. What is it? Well, Acts chapter 2 is the Genesis of the New Testament. Genesis chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2 are identical in what God is doing. Because it says in Acts 2 and 1, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting with cloven tongues of fire and it appeared unto them as divided tongues of fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled. All filled. Filled all. What were they filled with? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, right? And so he said, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's as natural for a child of God to speak in a spiritual language as it is for an American to speak English. I don't know where we got away from it and scared and, and all of this mess and even even uh, afraid to tell people. But I want to tell you today that the Holy Spirit has been given to the believer. It is our prayer language that we can pray uninterrupted. The enemy cannot decode it. He doesn't know what is going on. Amen. And we can pray in the spirit and God will hear us because it's a heavenly language. Amen. But that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is this. They were all filled. What were they filled with? The Holy Ghost. Now I've told you before that this is, this is how it breaks down. In the Greek, the word holy means obviously to reverence or to be sacred. So what he's given us is holy and sacred. Now how they came up with ghosts, I have no idea. But this is what the Greek word means here when you see that. It means a current of air that is breath, a blast, or a breeze. And so what he does on the day of Pentecost is what he did for Adam in the Old Testament. He gets a New Testament church that comes together and they are saved. But now he's going to breathe his life into them. He's going to blow his breath, his air inside of them once again. Why? Because they have become defeated. They've become deflated. They've come to a place where that they need his presence in their life. And Jesus said, I can't be with everybody at the same time because I took on this flesh cake, but I'm going to go back to the father and he's going to send you another comforter where it's be at all places at all times all the time amen and he shall be with you and lead you and guide you praise God and so we look and we see that in his wisdom he would create a way for this new testament church this newborn church to be able when they are deflated to be able to be reinflated huh be reinflated what is it Amen, I tell you that we have the ability today when we're down to get our bounce back. Amen. What is it? This right here is God's Holy Spirit. Ain't got no amen. He takes his Holy Spirit and he puts it inside of us. Amen. And whenever we begin to worship him, when we begin to praise his name, when we begin to give him a thank you, Jesus when we begin to praise him and we begin to pray his word over our lives, when we begin to sow in faith, when we begin to say, God, I dare to believe you for the miraculous. I dare to believe you for the supernatural. I believe you that you can put breath back in me. I can't live without you. It's more than a song. I need your presence. I need your power. I need your anointing to sustain me because I don't have the answer for myself, amen and whenever he breathes in you you get your bounce back I said when he breathes in you, you get your bounce back amen. Devil bring it on but greater is he that is in me than the world that's come against me. Enemy comes in like a flood but the spirit of the Lord's given me a bounce back and I'm going to overcome this thing. I'm going to overcome every work of the enemy every stronghold of hell because I've got his breath inside of me and as long as I've got his breath inside of me no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I'm going to come up out of this thing. Praise God why because I've got his breath in me I've got his breath in me I need to show you one more thing and I'm gonna quit so you can stand the more breath that I've got in me the more bounce back I've got huh that's the reason why I need His Word. Yeah. That's the reason why I need worship. Yeah. That's the reason why I need a, a prayer time with Him. Right? Yeah. But watch this. It isn't just about how much air, how much breath you've got in you, but it's also about the, the, the force or the, how solid the thing is that it hits. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So that. Whenever I hit something that is soft, I don't bounce so much. I've got some bounce back, but I don't bounce that much. But when I've got something hard that I'm bouncing up against, the harder it is, the higher I bounce. Huh? And so I come today to the tabernacle to tell somebody that you need to thank your enemy for bringing that hard thing against you, because the hard thing is going to cause you to bounce higher than you've ever bounced before. I said it's going to cause you to go higher than you've ever gone before. The enemy meant it to destroy you. The enemy thought he was going to take you out. But the fact that you have the breath of God inside of you, it's going to take you to a It's going to take you higher than you've ever been before. And so thank you, Mr. Devil, because you've just been my springboard into a new season, into a new place, into the presence of a living God. Oh, I wish somebody would hear the word of the Lord today. Hallelujah. And I don't go looking for the enemy But that wall that you thought was not overcomable God said if you just get full of my spirit I'll show you how to bounce over that wall Huh? That thing in your life that feels like That the enemy just put it up there And that barrier says no limits You can't go any farther than this The limitation is here The wall is here The stronghold is here But God said, just get full of my spirit. And when you hit that thing, huh? When you hit that thing, you'll soar over top of it. Glory to God. We've allowed the limitations to stop us from getting where God wants us to go. But I've come to breathe into somebody today the word of the Lord. Tell you that sickness is not going to take you out. Tell you those situations in your family, those situations in your job, they may look hard, but God's going to use it to bounce back. Take you where you've never been before. Glory to God. I feel this. I feel it. Who am I talking to today? Who needs to get their bounce back? Who is it? Maybe, maybe if you're real honest, you'd say I'm more like the softball than I am the basketball. It don't matter. It don't matter where you are. Whenever God puts his breath back in you, you can get your bounce back. Amen. I'm going to talk to some people today, encourage you in the Lord, and tell you you can overcome. You can make it. All you need is one simple thing, and that is the breath of God. said, well pastor I'm not I'm not lost I, I haven't backslid I ain't talking about that I'm talking about you've lost the breath you've been deflated by things and it's real easy to get deflated and whenever you hit that hard time you find out you haven't got no bounce that's the reason why we need to crawl up on the altar and make sure that we've got fresh air fresh breath Of the Holy Spirit breathe into our lives so that when the hard time comes, we're sure we got the bounce. Amen. Who's this for today? This is for you. I want you to come. I want you to come. Say, I want his breath today. I want him to breathe fresh breath into me today.